Isn't it the case that sometimes our priorities can get a little bit messed up? Reminds me of a story about a group of guys who decided to go deer hunting one Saturday. As they were deer hunting throughout the day, they decided to go in pairs. Whenever the day was over and they were all meeting back at the right spot, the spot where they had originally split up, one of the guys came back struggling underneath the weight of a huge eight-point buck. At first, the guys who saw him were pretty excited about it. They were pretty amazed at how he had been able to kill an eight-point buck that day, but then they realized his partner wasn't with him. And so they asked him, hey, where's, where's Harry? Did you leave him back on the trail? Did you leave him behind just kind of joking around? He said, yeah, I actually did leave him behind. I think Harry had some kind of stroke or a heart attack or something like that, and he's a few miles up the trail. First they thought he was kidding, but then when they saw that he was serious, they started getting really concerned. Why in the world would you do that? Why would you leave Harry a couple miles down the trail and carry back this eight-point buck? Why didn't you carry Harry back? He looked down and said, well, I didn't think anybody would take Harry if I left him there, but this eight-point buck would be a different story. I mean, wouldn't you say that his priorities were a little bit mixed up? Wouldn't you say that his priorities were a little bit messed up? That he left his partner dying a couple miles up the trail in order to bring back this eight-point buck in life? I think that sometimes our priorities can get a little messed up. Sometimes our priorities aren't what they are supposed to be. In this series of lessons, we're focused on one theme. We're focused on one idea. It consists of two words. you remember what it is? Follow me. It's amazing to think that we've already gone through one month in 2023. But if you would, just for a few minutes, go back to the beginning of the year and think about this question. Who do we want to be in 2023? Who do we want to be as a congregation this year? Who do we want to be as individuals? Who do we want to be as families this year? We want to be those who follow after Jesus. We want to be those who follow in Jesus' footsteps. We want to be those who accept Jesus' invitation. If we're going to do that, if we're going to accomplish that goal, then we have to make sure that our priorities are in the right order. If we're going to follow Jesus in everything we do, in everything that we say, even in how we think, then we have to keep first things first. Which brings us to another question. If I'm going to follow Jesus and my priorities have to be right, what should my priorities look like in following after the Lord? If I have to keep first things first, then what needs to be first. As a follower of Jesus, what is my top priority? As a follower of Jesus, what is your top priority on a daily basis? Let's explore that question for a few minutes here. Number one, some people might answer this question by saying self. What is my top priority? My top priority is me. What's your top priority? Your top priority is you. There might be some who would look at this question and say, I am the most important thing in my life. It's like Bob and Jim who decided to go out to dinner one night. They were really good friends. They went to a catfish house. Both of them ordered a fillet of fish. Whenever the, the waitress brought the two fillet of fish, they, she put both of them on the same plate. And they very quickly noticed one of them was really small and the other one was really big. 
So as soon as she sat the two filet of fish down on the same plate, Jim reached and grabbed the extra plate, put the small filet of fish on it, and passed it across the table to Bob. Bob was a little bit offended by that. Well, that's nice of you. That's awfully thoughtful of you to take the big filet of fish for yourself and to give the small one to me. Why in the world would you do that to me? Jim very quickly responded by asking, well, how would you have done it? If you were to divide up the fish, how would you have divided it up? Without missing a beat, he said, well, I I would have given you the big one. I wouldn't have been selfish like you. I would have taken the small one for myself and given the big one to you. With a smile on his face, Jim asked him, well, things turned out exactly how you wanted, didn't they? I think that things turned out exactly how you wanted them to be. You should be happy about that. But that's the way that a lot of people are, right? That's the way our culture teaches us to think. That's the way that our society, our 21st century secular society, teaches us to live. The most important thing in my life is me. Did you not know it's my world and you're just living in it? I'm the main character and everybody else is the supporting cast. You know what Princess Diana said about this? She said, only do what your heart tells you. Don't let anybody or anything outside of yourself tell you what you need to do or tell you who you need to be. Just follow your heart. Because your heart's never going to lead you in the wrong direction. Have you heard this before in our society? Live your truth. It's not live the truth. That's what we would say as Christians. Our society says live your truth. Because what's true for you might not be true for me. And what's true for me might not be true for you. So you live out your truth and I'll live out my truth. And we can't talk about which truth is better because both of them are true. Truth has become subjective in our culture. What about this? Love who you love. That's a big push, especially in the LGBTQ community. I'm going to love who I love. And it's your responsibility to accept me and to embrace me and to celebrate me for who I am. What does our culture teach us to do? How does our society teach us to think? It's all about me. I matter most. There's nothing more important than me. I'm not going to allow anything or anybody outside of myself talk to me about how I need to live, how I need to talk, how I need to act, or how I need to think. I am my own top priority, taking care of number one. Well, that might be the way that a lot of people think. But what does Jesus teach us about this? If I'm going to follow Jesus, can I be my own top priority? If you're going to follow Jesus, can you be your own top priority? Go back to what we read in our scripture reading, Matthew chapter 16 and verse number 24. Jesus told his disciples, if anyone would come after me. Jesus says, this is the direction that I'm going. And if you want to come after me, then here are some things that you need to do. Here are some things that you need to acknowledge. Well, a question comes up, what direction is Jesus going? Where is Jesus coming from and where is Jesus going to? Well, if you skip, just or if you, rather if you go back just a few verses to Matthew 16 and verse 21, Matthew tells us the direction Jesus was going. He was going to Jerusalem. Why was he going to Jerusalem? He says, I'm going to Jerusalem to suffer many things from the elders, chief priests, and scribes to be killed and on the third day to be raised. Why is Jesus headed in that direction? Why is Jesus going to Jerusalem to suffer and be killed and be raised on the third day? Is he doing that because that's what he wants to do? Is he going to Jerusalem because he's his own top priority and he's doing what he wants to do, not thinking about anybody else? 
Well, no, we know that Jesus goes to Jerusalem not for Himself, but for us. Jesus goes to Jerusalem to suffer for us, to die for us, to be raised for us. Jesus is going in a direction where His top priority is not Himself. And that's why He says what He says, if you keep reading in 24, He says, if anyone would come after Me, let him deny himself. Jesus says, I'm going in a direction that's not about me. I'm going in a direction where I'm not my own top priority. So if you want to follow after me, you have to do that too. Jesus says, if you want to come after me, then you have to learn to say no to some things that you would otherwise say yes to. You would say yes to these things if you weren't following after me. But because you're following me, you're forced to say no. Jesus says, if you're going to come after me, you have to learn to deny yourself of some things that everybody else embraces and immerses themselves in, things that people indulge themselves in. Jesus says you have to learn to deny yourself of. I think Jesus very clearly teaches us that we can't be our own top priority. If I'm following after Him, I have to learn to deny self. What about Luke chapter 14, verse number 26? Jesus says, and we'll look at the fullness of this verse in just a second, but for now, notice just a piece of it. He says, if anyone comes to me and does not hate, at the end of the verse, even his own life, he can't be my disciple. Now, Jesus is not literally telling us that we need to hate ourselves. I don't think that's the message. Because when you go to scriptures like Matthew 22 and 39, Jesus tells us to love our neighbors as we love ourselves. Inherent in that, implied in that, is that we have to love ourselves. If I'm going to love my neighbor, if I'm going to love you, then I have to learn to love me. And so when Jesus says that we have to hate our own lives in Luke 14, he's not saying literally hate yourself. The idea of hate here means to love less. Jesus says if you don't love yourself less than you love me, then you can't be my disciple. And this isn't something like, hey, maybe we could sit down and talk about this and maybe we could work something out. Jesus says, if you don't love yourself less than you love me, you cannot follow me. You can't be one of my pupils if you're going to prioritize self. What is our top priority? Well, we see what it can't be. Our top priority cannot be self according to Jesus. So what is it? Well, there are a lot of people who might answer this question by saying, my family is my top priority. My life isn't really about myself. My number one pursuit, my number one goal in this life is my family. They come before everything else. I remember one time I was having a Bible study with a guy. He was exploring what different religious groups taught about how to receive God's gift of salvation. He came from a background that taught you're saved by faith alone. And so we studied a little bit about baptism and how baptism is the moment where we receive God's gift of salvation. We, we walk through the passages like Acts 2.38 or Acts 22.16, Romans 6, 1 through 4, Colossians 2.12, 1 Peter 3.21, Titus 3.5, John chapter 3 and verse 5. And we thought about all of these verses about how important baptism is in the salvation process. When we got to the end of the study, I asked him what he thought about it. He said, well, I think that's right. He said, I can see that that's true. And I don't think it's true just because you're telling me. I think it's true because I can see it in the Word. And I was excited. I said, great. So do you want to be baptized today? Or, or we could talk about it a little bit more and, and you could be baptized later. Is that kind of the direction you want to go? He said, oh, no, I'm, 
I'm not going to be baptized. Hold on just a second. This isn't adding up. You think that this is true, but you're not going to do it? Why is that? You know what his answer was? It's not the way my great-grandparents were saved. It's not the way my grandparents were saved. It's not the way my parents were saved. And it's not the way my brother was saved. If my family wasn't saved in that way, then I'm not going to be either. I tried to convince him otherwise, but the conversation ended right there. The study ended right there. And to my knowledge, he was never immersed, never baptized for the forgiveness of his sins. Now, we're not judging him this morning. We're not judging his heart. But just from that story, you can see what his top priority is, can't you? His number one priority was his family. His family, what his family had done, the traditions of his family, held him back from actually obeying the gospel. That's the way that a lot of people live. That's the way that a lot of people think. They live their lives by a motto that says, family matters most of all. There's nothing in this world that's more important to me than my family. There's nothing in this world that's more important to me than my children, my grandchildren, grandparents, parents, spouse, uncle, niece, aunt, nephew, and the, the list could go on and on. Well, that might be the way that a lot of people think, but what does Jesus teach us about that? If I'm going to follow Jesus, can my family be my top priority? If you're going to follow Jesus, can your family be your top priority? In Matthew, the 10th chapter, Jesus is preparing his disciples to send them out on what we oftentimes call the limited commission. And you notice what he says to them in Matthew 10 and verse 37. He says, whoever loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And whoever loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. Jesus is speaking into a very collectivistic culture. He's speaking into a culture, the first century culture, that highly prioritized family. Family was most important to so many different people in this culture. What does Jesus say? Jesus says, if you love your family more than you love me, you're not worthy of me. If you love your, your son, your daughter, your father, your mother more than you love me, you can't follow me. You can't be my disciple. We mentioned Luke 14, 26 just a few moments ago, but notice it again in its fullness. He says, if anyone comes to me and doesn't hate his own father and mother and wife and children and brothers and sisters, and yes, even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. Now, we don't need to walk away with the wrong message here. I don't want you to leave this morning saying, well, Tyler said that I don't need to love my family. Tyler's not saying that at all. We need to love our families. 1 Timothy chapter 5 says if we don't care for our families, if we don't take care of our families and provide for our families, then we're what? We're worse than infidels. We're worse than unbelievers. We need to cherish our families. We need to care for our families. We need to love our families. But this idea of hate in Luke 14 is to love less. Jesus says if you don't love your family less than you love me, you can't be my disciple. Jesus turns a person like that away. He says, if your family is going to be your top priority, following me is not for you. What is our top priority in this life? We see what it's not. It's not self. It's not family, according to Jesus. But what about money? What about possessions? What about the things that we have? There are so many who prioritize riches and wealth and possessions as the number one thing in their lives. Have you ever heard of the monkey trap? 
I guess that picture kind of gives it away, but I'll explain it just a little bit. Way long time ago in Africa, natives were concerned because they couldn't capture any monkeys. Monkeys were really hard for them to capture and to take, but they came up with a very easy way to capture a monkey. Monkeys love melon seeds. And so the natives would take a melon, they cut a small hole in it, just big enough for the monkey to put its hand through and sit it out there and, and, and wait for the monkey to come. When the monkey came, he saw the melon, stuck his hand into it, grabbed as many seeds as he possibly could. When he made a fist to pull out the seeds in his hand, he couldn't pull out his fist. See, the hole was big enough for him to put his hand through, but when he made a fist, he couldn't bring it back out. Now, you might think the monkey would let go of the seeds. Well, I'll just go find something else to eat. I don't have to have these seeds. That's not what the monkey does. Once he grabs a hold of those seeds, he's not letting them go. So he'll sit there for hours, pulling and tugging, tugging and struggling, trying to get these seeds out of the melon, but he can't do it. That's when the natives just walk up behind him and pick him up. Very easy to capture a monkey that way. I think that a lot of people live their lives in a comparable way. So many people live their lives only focused on what's in their hands. So many people live their lives prioritizing the things that they can touch, the things they can handle with their hands. And once they get it in their hand, they're, they're not going to let it go. They're not going to release it, even if it causes struggles, even if it causes suffering and difficulty in their life. Once it's in their hand, it's not going anywhere. And it's not just that they want to hold on to it. But the whole pursuit is to get more, more money, more wealth, more riches, better and newer stuff. So many people live their lives prioritizing money, prioritizing possessions, making that their number one pursuit. What does Jesus teach? If I'm going to follow after Jesus, can my money or my possessions be my top priority? What about you? If you're going to follow Jesus, can your money, can your possessions be your top priority. In Matthew, the 19th chapter, beginning in verse 16, Jesus has an interaction with a man we oftentimes call the rich young ruler. In verse 16, the rich young ruler asked Jesus what I believe to be a pretty good question. It at least shows you his heart. It seems like spiritual things is his number one priority in verse 16. He wants to make sure that he's eternally secure. Teacher, what good deed must I do to have eternal life? Jesus responded by saying two things. First, he pointed to the standard of goodness. He says, why are you talking to me about what's good, these good things you need to do? There's only one who's good, and that's God. And then number two, he points him towards the, the commands that the good God had given. If you would enter life, keep the commandments. Well, there's a problem with that. In the Old Testament, there's 613 different commandments. So the rich young ruler asked the question, which ones? Which commandments do I need to keep? Jesus quotes five of the Ten Commandments, the ones that have to do with our relationships with one another, and then he quotes one more from Leviticus 19 that says, you shall love your neighbor as you love yourself. Do these things and you'll live. You could have seen the rich young ruler's face light up. You could have heard the excitement in his voice. All these I have kept, verse 20. Jesus, if you're giving me a checklist, I've checked every box. Other gospel accounts say, all these things I've kept from my youth. I've done these things since I was a little kid. What do I still lack? Am I missing something? Am I overlooking something here? You know, if he didn't want to know the answer to that question, he shouldn't have asked. 
But because he asked, Jesus gives him a very direct answer in verse 21. Jesus said to him, if you would be perfect, go sell what you possess, give it to the poor, and you'll have treasure in heaven. Now, a lot of people read through this and wonder, is this a requirement of salvation that Jesus is laying down for all people? Well, now, I don't think this is a requirement of salvation for all people, but it is for this man. You know why? It's about his priorities. The number one priority in his life was his riches, his money, his wealth, his possessions. That's what he prioritized above everything else. So Jesus says, if you really want to be perfect, you need to fix your priorities. If you really want to be perfect, you need to get rid of what you're prioritizing and then come follow me. Rid yourself of treasure on earth and you'll have treasure in heaven. Jesus calls on him to shift his priorities. Did he do it? Verse 22, when the young man heard this, he went away sorrowful for he had great possessions. Jesus calls on him to change. Jesus calls on him to deprioritize. Jesus calls on him to shift, and he refuses to do it. Instead of following after Jesus, he walks away sorrowful because his possessions were great. Whenever we prioritize money and possessions and riches and wealth like he did, we'll experience his same fate. Instead of following after Jesus, we're going to walk away sorrowful. And so it's the question we've been thinking about. What is our top priority? So far, we've seen what it's not. So as we close out this lesson, let's actually answer this question. What is our top priority as followers of Jesus? If we're going to keep first things first, then what has to come first? What I want us to do is to go through each point individually. Every time Jesus says, you need to let go of this, says you need to pick up something else. Every time, as we've studied, every time Jesus says you need to shift your priorities, you need to eliminate this, you need to invite this other thing into your life. So let me show you that. First, we said that a lot of people prioritize themselves, especially in our secular 21st century society. If we're going to be followers of Jesus, we can't prioritize self. We can't prioritize self. What should we prioritize? Go back to Matthew 16 and 24. Jesus, we only read half the verse a few moments ago. Jesus says, if anyone would come after me, let him deny self, deprioritize self, but then what? Well, he continues on to say that you need to take up your cross and follow me. Deprioritize self and follow me. Pick up your cross and follow after me. We said that our families can't be our top priority as followers of Jesus. If it's not family, then what is it? Well, Matthew chapter 10, verse 37, we read, If you love your father and mother more than me, you're not worthy of me. Or son, daughter, if you love them more than me, you're not worthy of me. But then you go to the very next verse. You know what Jesus says? Verse 38, Whoever doesn't take up his cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Deprioritize family. Pick up your cross and follow me. We read Luke chapter 14 and verse 26. We see the same thing. If you come to me but you don't hate father, mother, wife, children, brothers, sister, yes, even your own life, he says you can't be my disciple. You know what he says in the next verse, verse number 27? If you don't bear your own cross and come after me, you can't be my disciple. Deprioritize self, deprioritize family, pick up your cross. And follow me. 
What about money and possessions? We said that can't be our top priority. If that can't be our top priority, then what is? Go back to Matthew 19 and verse 21. Jesus told the rich young ruler, if you want to be perfect, go sell what you possess, give it to the poor, you'll have treasure in heaven. Deprioritize your stuff, but then what? Come, follow me. What is our top priority in this life as followers of Jesus? If it's not self, it's not family, it's not money, riches, wealth, or possessions, it's not what we can hold in our hands. Our top priority has to be Jesus. Did you see that in the passages that we just walked through? Every time Jesus says, you need to fix your priorities, He says, you need to follow me. Deprioritize self, pick up your cross and follow me. Deprioritize family, pick up your cross and follow me. Deprioritize money and possessions and then come and follow me. What is our top priority? It has to be Jesus. If we're going to follow after Jesus, then following after Him has to be our top priority. It's all about falling in love with Jesus. It's all about building a relationship with Jesus. It's all about Jesus taking that top spot in our hearts, taking that top spot in our lives, Jesus being the priority that directs everything else. Jesus being the priority that controls everything else that goes on in my life. We studied from Colossians chapter 1 a few weeks ago. You remember that? We asked the question, who is Jesus? One of the things Paul said is that Jesus is preeminent. We have to allow Him to be preeminent in our lives. We have to allow Him to rank number one in our lives. So let's be honest with ourselves. Is Jesus the top priority in our lives? Is Jesus the top priority in your life? Is He the top priority in my life? It's really easy to sit in an assembly like this one and to ask this question and to say that Jesus needs to be our top priority. It's a whole lot harder to live it. It's a whole lot harder to be this kind of person. Are you this kind of person? Does Jesus come before everything else? Does Jesus come before family? Does He come before self? Does He come before money, possessions? You name it. Does Jesus rank? Number one in your heart and number one in your life. Is Jesus preeminent over everything that you are and everything that you do? If He's not, then you can't follow Him. We have to keep first things first. Maybe there are some changes that need to be made. We'd love to make those changes together this morning as together we stand and sing. Jesus serving him today who will follow Jesus who will make reply I am on the Lord's side master here am I who will follow Jesus who will make reply I am on the Lord's side master here am I who will follow Jesus in life's busy ways, working for the Master, giving Him the praise, 
earnest in his vineyard, honoring his laws, faithful to his counsel, watchful for his cause. Who will follow Jesus? Who will make reply? I am on the Lord's side, Master, here am I. Who will follow Jesus? Who will make reply? I am on the Lord's side, Master, here am I. Who will follow Jesus in his work of love, leading others to him, lifting prayers above? Courage, faithful servant, in his word we see. On our side forever will this Savior be. Who will follow Jesus? Who will make reply? I am on the Lord's side. Master, here am I. Who will follow Jesus? Who will make reply? I am on the Lord's side, Master, here am I. You may be seated. <clears throat> Just a couple of things to mention before Jacobs comes with the announcements. These things have uh, come to our attention since uh, the announcement page has been printed, so I thought we would mention these things on the front end. Uh, let's, of course, keep in prayer our uh, sister Brenda Wilson. Her brother passed away just a couple days ago. I appreciate Joel mentioning that in his prayer.